The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Rockets are done. The Rockets have no chance in this series. The Golden State Warriors are the greatest team ever. There's no drama in the NBA. Oh, wait. All they had to do was win one game, and now they are tied 2-2 in a situation where teams with home court advantage win 80% of the time. Heroic win for the Houston Rockets, 95-92. They outscore the Golden State Warriors 25-12 to in the fourth quarter in a game that I thought was eerily reminiscent of the twenty-seven or 2016 finals, Game 7 from Golden State's standpoint. And just fantastic performances all around from houston as everybody just played a crap load of minutes in this one chris paul in particular was the hero though in a bounce back game 27 points on 10 of 20 from the field he was the only high volume player who even remotely approached efficiency in this game and uh so now we have a a 2-2 series and i think really the place we have to start is the way that the houston rockets defended the warriors this is now the second time that they've held them below a point per possession in this series. The Rockets did an absolutely masterful job of getting the Warriors out of their rhythm. The way to do that is by being aggressive in terms of ball denial and being physical so that the the beautiful game looks a lot more jaunty, I think is probably a good way of putting it. And the Rockets, especially in that second quarter, I thought the second quarter was actually better from them than the fourth in this element. They just got the Warriors completely out of their game and... There were other elements that we'll talk about in play, but I think Houston's defense was just a gargantuan change from Game 3. Yeah, and I actually didn't even think they defended that poorly in Game 3 until the third quarter. Um, And certainly they defended poorly in Game 1, but the strategy you mentioned, the ball denials, is huge, right? And I I tweeted out a play of this, but it was a very simple one. When they're Capella, I mean, Clint Capella, 6'11", center, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza when those guys it was but it was generally Tucker and Capella because there would be big screening for the Warriors scorers off the ball those guys wouldn't only just switch and be there when they caught it they would switch and then deny and force the guys to run out and catch the ball 35 feet from the basket or if it was Clay Thompson popping off a screen switch out and deny him in the court we're not even letting you catch the ball because with clay even if he catches the ball and you're still rotating out to him he can shoot the ball over you and the warriors really just other than that huge flurry from steph curry in the third quarter never really got into a rhythm and not only did they not get into a rhythm but i mean we saw them get you know a few system buckets per game they didn't get any of those because part of that was because the guys making the pass were forced so out so far out on the floor that they just couldn't get it all the way there the ball pressure once they did catch it was fantastic uh they were physical they wouldn't let them move and so the fewer passes that you allow the fewer actions that are possible the fewer chances you have to break down especially when the ball is not close to the hoop on a lot of those plays where you can throw it right to someone who breaks open for just a split second going back door and you have much tougher passing angles so really just their defensive strategy was awesome and their defensive effort was awesome and just their overall resiliency as well to be down 10 going into the fourth after just what seemed like a knockout blow to be down 12-0 at the start of the game after they lost by 40 the game before and managed to come back was just really incredible mental toughness from this team yeah i like that you got back to the 12-0 start the rockets didn't score their first basket it was a hardened two off of a turnover with 642 
remaining in the first quarter. That was how long it took. And the Warriors missed. Actually, they should have, I think, been ahead by more than a couple of weird turnovers in that first five minutes. And those come back and and matter as well. And this game really had had a, a series of kind of stretches to it. And I think one of the important elements that we have to talk about that led into the Rockets' big comeback, as especially the second quarter run, because they really held it even after that for the rest of the first quarter and then pushed back in the second. And, and two big elements to me swung it. One, Clay Thompson has to go out with a knee strain. And in the beginning part of when he came back, he looked a little bit off. He did make a couple shots later on. But so he missed time. That put Nick Young on the floor. That also screwed up the Warriors' rotation a little bit. And then the other way that it screwed up their rotation and screwed up their offense, full credit to the Rockets for maximizing off of it. But Curry picking up his third foul with a little bit over five minutes to go in the second quarter, and the Warriors' offense just completely stagnated without him on the floor. It did, and that'll take me to another point, too, and we can talk about this more when we talk about adjustments, but the Warriors are going to have to ISO in this series. Steve Kerr said it after the game, lamenting it, and I think the fact that that was telling for me in some ways because, you know, we know that Steve Kerr has a way that he wants to play, and this is not that, obviously, like, but because they now have to play this way, he and the Warriors are not being disciplined enough about how they play that way. They're not hunting the weakest defender. They're not getting their guys the ball in opportunities to score. They're not doing things like making sure that their help defenders are switched onto shooters before you run the ISO. You know, there are so many little things that you can do to make ISOs more effective. And not, not that the Rockets do those things every time, but certainly they are more comfortable with doing it. And that's why so many of those of those possessions just looked awful. Uh, and a lot of it too was spent running actions that they're either too tired to run properly off the ball or just that we're taking too long and now you're stuck isoing at the end of the clock whereas if you'd just gone into it earlier you might be better off and he was like yeah i guess this is the modern nba and you know it's the modern nba when you have two teams with this incredible defensive personnel and let's not forget too danny these teams don't have they have six guys basically seven guys who can execute this strategy right i mean the the benches are just incredibly short right now with iguodala out which of course was major for the warriors um back to the steph curry thing though want to guess how many fouls he finished the game with yeah i mean so you get into though a challenge with curry because he is really bad at playing in foul trouble and the rockets were getting him in isolations i understand though i I understand both sides, both what you feel and what Kerr feels. This is different than sometimes what Brad Stevens does. I understand the faith he has in his players, and that would have certainly helped. The big thing that Kerr didn't do was just go back to Curry for like a couple minutes. He sat him other than the final possession of the second quarter for the entire time. But they just didn't really have anything else going. The Rockets were great at getting them out and getting them out of sorts. Well, can I talk a little bit more about the Curry foul trouble thing if you were going to change it? So. Yeah, they were hunting Curry and Iso. I get that. You could also change your strategy to just not switch Curry. You know, I mean, you can, you could play conventional pick and roll defense. Now, that's going to expose you. They failed when they tried to do that. But it's not like the Warriors have never practiced that, that they've never done that. Uh, and maybe Houston would score pretty well. But, you know, the, what did they get outscored once Curry went to the bench? Like, they, they got outscored by like 17 points. So, Whatever they had done, if you leave Steph in the game, you're still at least giving yourself a chance offensively to respond there. Uh, and then really, at the end of that second quarter, uh, Chris Paul came alive. I mean, he was on his way to another awful game. I was tweeting that he was like playing like an injured guy. He was just like trying to go through guys. You'll see that a lot of time with injured guys. I was talking about that with Michael Porter yesterday, that when guys are injured, they're not getting the separation they expect. They just kind of get frustrated and try to go through guys. And that's what he looked like Uh but then he banged a couple of really difficult threes, got going, and was able to finish the game. He was really the only guy who could score efficiently uh, in that second and fourth quarter. So, um, well, not in the second because Harden was good then too. But yeah, I, I transitioned away from something you were going to say. So where were you going there? I'm sorry. I don't remember anymore. Uh, <laughs> you, you were no, talking fine. about like the Warriors like not being in any kind of rhythm. I, I thought during that period, yeah. they also just did a really crappy job of getting KD the ball especially when Curry is out. I mean, you got to get Kevin Durant the ball and you got to get him the ball in a favorable matchup. And that means live dribble, post up, deep post position. I thought that KD did 
settle a little too much for just taking shots when he was contested without even like trying to take a dribble and get a little separation i'm not even talking about going all the way to the rim but just take a dribble and then rise up over the defense but they just did like they're trying to get like clay the ball and he was coming back from the injury and looked off i i I thought he looked off the entire game um i agree with you after after the right right and uh so yeah they they did a really poor job getting kd the ball there but again you know it's a lot of this is the rockets pressure and just kind of forcing the warriors to and when the warriors are getting tired and when they feel the rockets there isn't kind of you kind of lose that cerebral aspect of basketball when someone is in your shit and you're not going to be like oh you know i think this time i'll slip the screen and oh hey maybe if i fake the dribble handoff and go to the rim like you don't have that kind of cerebral chess match aspect to basketball when you're tired when you're being pressured it's oh i guess i better go by this guy like i can't even think right now because i'm getting pressured so much so there's there's a big part of that element i thought to the warriors tonight i agree and also especially in the fourth quarter when their their offense started breaking down the concept of basically just kind of running the beautiful game and not really doing much in terms of sets and plays i think really hurt them because they didn't have a bread and butter to turn to you and i have talked about the idea of a curry durant or i would actually say a durant curry pick and roll just because curry is better as a screener than durant is and they don't really have any of that and so there were times when they were trying to improvise like there was a play when curry and draymond like Curry passed it to Draymond. Draymond's like, oh, let's do a give and go. And Curry had the different plan. He was going to try to shake Harden. Draymond threw the pass before Curry was ready, and it just became a turnover. Like, they didn't really have anything to go to in those moments. And also, I when I rewatched the fourth quarter, because I have a piece coming out for The Athletic where I go through the entire fourth quarter possession by possession, we'll do later part of it and with video and everything else, was that they did get Curry on Harden a couple of times, not nearly as much as they should have, or Duran on Harden or anything else, though he Harden competed better for portions of the game overall. Yeah. It's still the weak link. You go after the weak link. And there were a lot of like weird things like the Warriors picking up their dribble without having any sort of plan. Thompson did it a couple of times. Green did it a couple of times. Curry did it a couple of times. And they just, they were thrown off their game, but had no fallback option. The rotations and the minutes that everyone played in this game. I and mean, this game was treated by the coaches like a game seven. And for a lot of intensive purposes, it was. I mean, this is 3-1 Warriors lead. I, I don't think the series would have been quite as over especially with Golden State's injury problems now, as people might have thought it would have been um, if Golden State had won. Because when the road team is up 3-1, it's a much different aspect than if the home team is up 3-1. I mean, we saw that with Golden State, you know, still that probably the only two the only game golden state would have been favored in was would have been game six coming back but now it's it's two two and in these minute totals Draymond green 45 minutes played the entire second half kevin durant 43 minutes sat only two minutes in the second half curry uh played probably the most minutes i can remember him playing consecutively which is about like 15 14 straight minutes uh, in the second although he did have a little bit of rest he still finished with 39 minutes thompson also 39 minutes because he he had to leave you know i think those the the time that those guys missed in the first half ended up being totally critical for the rockets tucker led them with 44 minutes he actually only had four points did not uh, score from the field but uh, was incredible defensively ariza 41 minutes paul and harden 42 and 43 Eric Gordon was 35 off the bench. Capella only played 24. He was negative nine. He, he had a real struggle in the first quarter trying to finish around the room. The Warriors defense was amazing in that first quarter. Um, another thing that was enormous, though, was the free throw line for Houston. Getting 27 attempts to the Warriors, 14 was enormous. And there were some more dubious calls, I, I thought. Uh, but overall, pretty decently rough game and that was a huge difference because the Warriors got 12 more field goal attempts but then the Warriors also turned it over a ton in the second half both teams turned it over a lot in the first half but I I think Houston had one turnover in the second half they either had eight or nine at halftime they finished with 10 and the Warriors had 16 turnovers they actually turned it over uh, seven times in the second half so that that was a huge difference those second half turnovers for the Warriors well and not only the the turnovers but the Warriors only had one assist in the fourth quarter and that was Curry passing the ball to 
Livingston getting that that nice lefty dunk on Capella, something you tweeted about, about just having that lefty dunk to surprise a shot blocker, because I don't think Capella saw that coming. And there were a couple of plays where there were, you know, blown potential assists. Curry missed a three. Thompson missed a three. But generally speaking, the Rockets were forcing ISOs and doing a really, really good job of contesting them. Yeah, contesting to the point that they had nine block shots in this game. And they were very well distributed. Gerald Green had two monster blocks on Curry. Harden had two blocks. Capella, Ariza, Tucker, Eric Gordon, like all those are the only seven guys you played. And they, uh, to get nine block shots against the Warriors was pretty impressive. The Warriors only had three in this game. You don't think of Houston as a high shot blocking team. And especially with Capella only playing 24 minutes, you don't see that that way. But they just, that was just another example of how well they were competing, the type of difficult shots they were forcing the Warriors into. I thought that for Kerr, the rotation of, you know, trying to find that fifth guy proved difficult for him. Jordan Bell was in during the big third quarter run. He had a couple of offensive rebounds. He or Looney, you know, neither of them was a great matchup on Harden. Kerr went away from Bell in the fourth after he let James Harden get to his left hand and get a layup. He, he did that a couple of times, so there was no help there, obviously, either. Um, and so, I mean, that was and that was kind of the you know another manifestation for Kerr of well, you know, this guy doesn't execute, so we can't have him out there. And you know, this happens with a lot of young players. I think with Bell, he does more good things than bad. And certainly, there was a play late where Looney just lost the ball out of bounds, and it was a difficult pass. We'll, we'll get to that one. So, uh, but you know, Bell wasn't. He's not a panacea. He's not. Shouldn't be one of their five best players. I certainly wish that they had played him more than just this game and like four minutes in the last game because hey maybe he actually you would have known what you had in him maybe he wouldn't make these as many mistakes in execution if you'd actually like given him a few minutes earlier in the playoffs um you know looney did have six offensive rebounds somehow which was impressive he was a negative one and was uh kind of an offensive liability and then you know sean livingston only 15 minutes i thought that that was a little bit of a mistake I was really surprised that he would play so few minutes. Like, why not play him instead of the centers? And so you can still play Draymond Green at center. I didn't really understand why they would do that. Maybe the thought was, well, we'd rather they ISO against the center than Steph Curry. Uh, but, you know, Livingston is just so much better of a player and so much, you know, a guy you can actually trust to make a play offensively if he gets the ball. And also, you know, another guy you can grab and go in transition too. I don't understand why he didn't play more. And, Livingston's dynamic really shifted because in the first half he played 10 minutes and I was like oh this might be partially because of Curry's foul trouble and Thompson getting hurt I thought oh this might be a big minute game for Livingston something Curry has always been reluctant to do considering Livingston's issues in the past then he played four and a half minutes in the second half and Livingston is the closest approximation by far that the Warriors have to Iguodala especially with Patrick McCollin available because he's still coming coming back from his his back injury so they didn't really have that other guy. And Livingston, it wasn't that he was being overworked or anything like that. I thought he was the most reasonable player. And Looney's offensive limitations were very present in this game. He was just basically petrified of holding the ball for more than a second. He did, you know, lost it on that pass that you've talked about before. And just basically any time the ball ended up in his hands, it was it was only there a short period of time. Bell is more comfortable with that. He's not, you know, a star or anything like that with the ball in his hands, but he's more comfortable. That can be a value to the Warriors. And I thought this was really like one of the stories of this game was that the Warriors just didn't have enough guys that were worth trusting. Not only not enough guys that they trusted, but not enough guys that were worth trusting because Nick Young was generally awful defensively he did have a couple of good possessions but he was generally awful defensively in his 12 minutes which happened to coincide with some of the biggest rockets runs yeah and he got pulled after only two minutes in the fourth quarter after he failed to rotate over on a drive it was a good rotation i think from bell and they just shoveled it right to capella and young was late and ended up getting an and one um he was guarding tucker in the corner but it's his job to sink down inside of the big on that play when they trapped the box um see what else i have here about about the meat of this game i mean you just talk about some of the three-pointers that chris paul hit in this game i mean he just well oh, i wanted to bring this up actually ridiculous ones yeah so you talked about chris paul having one of the few if not the only efficient game that anybody had remember he didn't score at all in the first quarter yeah that all came in in the final three and there was this crazy sequence in the fourth quarter where durant made this just ludicrous fade away two 
Oh, I think it was over Paul. It, I was, it, was, it was over. over it was over Paul. Yeah, but I was over wondering because because it was ridiculous that they were isoing Durant thirty feet from the basket on Chris Paul instead of somebody else. But yeah, I, I agree with that. And there were yeah, there were other possessions where there are lots of things that could be talked about there. And then they come down and Chris Paul nails an impossible three over Clay Thompson. That actually, you know, that's a plus one because it's a two, a three over a two and helped keep the Rockets kind of in their rhythm. And I think that has ended up putting them back in the lead as well. We should also talk about Harden's first half. I mean, he really struggled in the second half, but he did manage 24 points on nine out of 17 from the field, which was five more shots than he attempted in all of game three just in the first half. And he hit some big step backs. He had that massive dunk on Draymond's head. Um which was after a foul had occurred out top as well. So Draymond probably would have been better to just intentionally foul him at that point when you hear, once you hear the whistle because foul's already been called. Nothing nothing bad can happen there. But he got there late, got dunked on about as bad as Draymond's gotten dunked on in his career. Uh, and he, I, I thought that Harden really, the goal of both of these teams, both Houston and Golden State, appears to be we are not going to let you get a three, even on these isolation plays. And But I thought Harden especially early when Golden State's defense at the rim was just completely ridiculous, uh, did well to just go to that step back a, a little bit more. And, you know, that's a shot that he's hit extremely well this year. And so, uh, especially if he can get to his to his right with that step back, like that was, that was huge to get Houston back into the game, especially uh, in the second quarter. And then Paul took over down the end of that second quarter. To, I mean, that was to, to get Houston that lead. I mean, the... the the way that the first and third and second and fourth quarters were just like such massive wins for each of the respective teams was just pretty remarkable. And, and and that third quarter, I mean, we how done did you think it was when it was eighty to seventy going into the fourth and uh the the roof had blown off of Oracle Arena and Steph Curry had hit all those threes in the third? Uh, did you think like? game over series over or do you think there was they still had a chance to come back i didn't think it was game over because of the way kerr managed the rotations and this gets into something that you hear announcers talk about all the time but i think it was really true in this game which is the amount that it takes to come back because they not only necessarily the energy it took but also just the way that you know having all four all-stars play the entire first quarter or sorry third quarter created the eventual problems in the rotation in terms of fatigue and and everything else so no i said it i I, i'm not sure if you heard it. i definitely told matt moore who was sitting next to me when it was when the warriors were ahead by seven or eight with i think it was like eight minutes ago i'm like this game is far from over i i just saw i i could see it in the warriors that they were a little bit a little bit off and that they their offense was starting to fade It, it felt a lot even at that point like game seven of the 2016 finals and so I never, I never really had that read on the game. The crowd certainly felt that way, but but I didn't. And Kerr mentioned after the game that he tried to get John Livingston and Nick Young in at about the two-minute mark in the third quarter, but there was not another stoppage, and he didn't want to burn a timeout. I understand him not wanting to burn a timeout, but that just led to the circumstance where they needed to get everybody rest, everybody's off rhythm, and... Houston was able to start taking advantage pretty early on because the Warriors offense was ragged the entire the entire fourth quarter but especially at the beginning yeah and give a few observations here going down the fourth quarter won't do possession by possession yet but I did rewatch the whole fourth and and you're welcome to jump in on this too because I know you did as well uh you know they gave Harden a very brief rest at the start of the of the fourth um Curry played two minutes and he went out for less than two minutes even KD he came back before the under seven timeout KD and Clay were on the bench for two minutes to start that uh Chris Paul was just so massive in their comeback during like those first four minutes or so I mean he hit just two really contested mid-rangers over Bell and Clay Thompson I thought that Clay the biggest way that his defensive shortcomings after the injury showed up was he really was actually being scored on by chris paul which you know one-on-one which i I usually at full health i think clay could have made his life a little more difficult but still some like the one that paul hit over bell he put like some extra arc on that from the free throw line uh paul hit this impossible three going to his right that you mentioned as the shot clock was expiring over clay and that got them within two that flurry i mean of all just self-created individual jump shots by Chris Paul was huge in the run. That was huge, but then it also coincided with a really interesting sequence for the Warriors because Curry had the ball in his hands a lot. Durant was not on the floor in the early part of that, and he nearly threw away the first play of the fourth quarter. But then he eventually threw that threw up that contested a contested two. Gerald Green did a really nice job. Then the next possession, 
Capella blocked Curry's layup from behind. It was a nice recovery block. And then the possession after that, Curry got Curry got fouled, but then got the ball back again, and Livingston got it, and then the Curry got blocked a second time. So in those possessions, they were able to score twice, I believe, but Curry got blocked twice, and he just didn't really look in rhythm. Yeah, and for Curry, 6 of 13 on threes and only 4 of 13 on twos, and he also was not able to get to the foul line, only 2 of 2 from the foul line in this game. And, And you mentioned that Gerald Green had awesome defensive game I mean, he had a couple plays where he lost guys like that one you mentioned where green blocked curry jumper like uh curry got green onto him made eye contact with draymond green pump fake gave it to green and then cut back door which is something that i think teams should do a lot more in isolation too is like fake the step back pick up your dribble throw it to someone and then cut back door immediately while the guy's momentum is moving forward that's just like another little trick you could get maybe but uh green blocked that one he blocked curry's fast break layup uh, from behind where he read perfectly that he was going to try and go under the rim with the right hand after curry got a steal uh he had a play where he pressured up sean livingston out near half court and like forced livingston to lose the ball out of bounds it was really just like incredible work for from gerald green uh he has certainly won the battle with nick young in this series uh, to say uh and i mean to be to be one of the seven guys you play i mean he only played 12 minutes he didn't shoot it well. He was one out of four, took a couple of bad ones, but he was plus 14, you know, and they really won the Rockets did these games in some of the bench minutes, you know, at the start of the second and the start of the fourth and green, it was a big part of that. He, he certainly was. And I thought he did a, a really good job of recovering at certain moments, you know, understanding that just because you're beat at a part of a possession does not mean you just sulk and, and it's over, you know, getting back into it as, as best you can. I thought he did a really nice job there. And I thought, the Warriors in general, it seems like they're way more focused. This is, this, I guess, more of a Durant criticism. I should focus it on him since that's who I'm talking about. On getting a shorter defender on him rather than an inferior defender. Because there were times when he thought, oh, I'm going to drive on Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's really strong. You know, like, it's, it's hard to do that. Same with P.J. Tucker. There were a couple times there that was also a possession where Draymond tried to post up Eric Gordon. And just like, hey, you're not you, you, that. That's not really an advantage matchup. First of all, Draymond's not a good post-up scorer. Second of all, Eric Gordon's similar height and strong as all get out. And they were just getting into those instead of attacking Harden, which was, I think, a big part of what happened in the third quarter. And then they just went away from it as they went away from exploiting it as often as they could have. Yeah, they did it. And there was. I mean, we're gonna pick it up really possession by possession with about three minutes left. But up until that point, they probably had six or seven possessions and. A bunch of them were ISOs and none of them were against Harden. You know, like that was, that's a, a failure, you know. Uh, the other play that we should talk about too, Houston got two straight offensive rebounds. Um, although the Warriors actually somehow ended up with 16 offensive rebounds in this game, uh, which was, uh, didn't seem like that. They actually had 33% offensive rebounds. I like the fact that they attacked the offensive glass the way they did since Houston's not a huge running team. But uh, Houston got two in a row. And then they were late clock again. They inbound the ball to Ariza in the right corner. He hands it to Paul. Ariza runs all the way to the left corner. This is with like seven on the shot clock. Looney was on Ariza. He's like standing under the rim. Somehow, Paul throws this beautiful pass with spin along the baseline, bounces right next to Looney's foot, finds Ariza. Looney somehow manages to close out, and Ariza just knew the perfect amount of time left. Pump fake goes to his right. It's so much harder for as a right-handed shooter to step to your right along especially in the corner to the footwork and that is difficult and he banged a three that was a huge play as well and that was just brilliant from paul and a reason then kerr went back to bell after that and then bell got beaten to his left by Harden, and they went back to looney for uh most of the duration of the game as we were saying why isn't sean livingston right and just to to put a little a little on why the warriors had as many offensive rebounds they missed 10 shots in the restricted area for 14 to 24 and then they missed eight of their 12 floaters so that gives you a lot of offensive rebound opportunities. But then there were some long ones and, and some good hustle plays as well in there. And Looney, you know, that's really all he does on offense because he's, he's not even that good a screener. So he was battling for it. And it's good that he that he was he was battling for it and still yeah. being able to get back. Oh, another hustle play. There were a, a couple of really nice hustle plays that I liked in this game. And one of them involved Gerald Green, but he was the player hurt by that hustle. And it was a, a transition. I can't remember. I think it was a Durant turnover. No, yeah, no, it, and, was, it was Sean Livingston at the free throw line. I thought Tucker made it. an amazing play 
as Livingston put his back to goal with the shot clock low. So he, Tucker knew he wouldn't have time for a pass. So he sprinted over, knocked it away. And then it was Jordan Bell you're talking about who, who contested yeah, Green Bell. on the right wing who thought he was going to have a wide open three. Yeah, he came out and Bell came out of nowhere, got in Green's line of sight, and I think that was a big part of, of him missing that shot. And and those sorts of effort plays, I mean, we saw a lot of it from from Tucker as well, and I thought Ariza had some nice recovery plays as well. With these guys, other than Jordan Bell, who are playing insane minutes, was really impressive, and they're just going at it full tilt. And yeah, I mean, th- this was an in- extremely hard-fought game all the way through. I did think that led to some of the 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 roughness of the play. We should also talk about, because of how close this game ended up being, that completely ridiculous call and flop that James Harden had. Oh, yeah. Which I, I had that not in my only, like, little notes section for the end. Yeah, like, that which was not like... only, like, that play, you could make an argument, like, really swung this game, because Harden, basically, Green was screened for him proactively. It was kind of a transition play. Ball gets out he to Clay Thompson. Even really even, Green didn't even really screen no, him. No, he just stood there. Yeah. And, and the refs were still getting back into the play, and Harden falls over, and Clay makes the three, unaffected by anything that just happened. And the refs negate the shot and call the offensive foul on Green because Harden fell down, even though they didn't see the contact. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that you just, as a referee, especially in this series, especially if it's James Harden, like, you damn well better be sure that you saw it. You can't just be like, oh, a body went flying out of the corner of my eye, I'm going to call this. You know, like, you just can't do that. Um, so yeah, that was a huge play. I mean, I didn't think they did a terrible job overall, especially in the fourth quarter. I didn't think there were really any bad calls in the fourth quarter. Uh, it looked like maybe PJ Tucker might've knocked it out of Looney's hands on that turnover that he had with like two minutes left, but Looney didn't protest, but he's also a pretty quiet guy in that regard. So uh, shall we pick up, pick it up with uh three minutes and 30 seconds remaining here with Houston up 91, 86. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so finally, after we were complaining, why aren't they attacking Harden? They have an ATO down five and Curry just goes right at Harden on the switch. And I thought one of the nice things about it was that Curry just went right away. As soon as Harden was there, he attacked him. Harden fouled him. Curry with a beautiful floater off the glass. And uh, Houston got a timeout. The Golden State back within two after Curry made the free throw. I mean, a lot of these descriptions aren't going to be particularly flowery because it was just, hey, here's the switch. Who is the ISO against this time? Well, if they subscribe to The Athletic, they can watch the videos because that's going to be out by the time most people listen to this. <laughs> so uh, then Harden actually, I thought, got a really nice look on a step back against Curry and just couldn't get it to go time. I, mean, I thought that Houston generally was getting better looks off of their boring isolations than Golden State was. And then the next time, it took a while for them to like they ran like looney just kind of ran around it's like you don't need to do all this shit because like they're just going to switch it as soon as you make contact on the screen anyway so looney like first he ran up then he faked it he ran away then he ran back but he's also so slow that he like can't really slip a screen anyway so by the time curry gets the switch on harden it's pretty late clock and then curry makes the mistake that always kills me on his iso is like he's got to stay in the middle of the floor like if he's on the wing he just like he he's a creative enough ball handler that he'll just like kind of start dribbling around and probing for an opening but if he's up against the sideline he either runs into one of his own guys or you know he just doesn't have room to attack and he's got to have room to cross over uh so Harden did a nice job too once he got going towards the sideline of keeping him on the sideline and Curry tried to draw a bullshit foul and couldn't and just threw it up off the backboard which is an awful play and certainly, I, I, you would have to say that Steph Curry, although it is their clear mission to not let them shoot any threes, even in isolation, he does not have, I don't know about earlier in the season, but he does not have that side-to-side brilliance that he had, you know, a couple of years ago where he could get open. I mean, like he was, you, you'll remember back in that OKC series, even when he was hurt, you know, in, in that game seven, he was able to get separation and shoot threes over guys and you know, certainly during that 2016 season, and he is not able to do that any longer. The next time down, the Warriors, I, I thought it looked to me like a miscommunication with 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 a couple of different guys. With with and Looney ends up kind of. I think he was he lost Gordon. It's again, it's hard to sometimes attribute this. And Gordon gets well, a so 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 here. This is what I think happened on this. Sure. Gordon gets like a pick and pop three, right? I'm not sure whether it was a miscommunication. I think it probably was, but I'm not, uh, you know, 
it may not have been because it seemed like what the plan was on Harden. Although this was Chris Paul, I think, wasn't it? Who had the assists? Yeah, it was. It was a Paul Gordon pick and roll with Looney yeah. and and Draymond as the defenders. So very late in the game on Harden, Clay Thompson actually like tried to get over the screen early in the possession. It was more of a conventional pick and roll defense type of play. And so with Draymond on Paul, it seemed like he tried to play it conventionally and get over the screen. And so maybe that was just the plan there. Uh, they also they did some switches later on as well, just uh, when it was Curry onto onto Paul. But maybe they felt like they didn't want to have Looney on Paul. So maybe that was the plan. And, and if Gordon and Paul, I mean Gordon did a great job of popping to the three point line and getting a wide open three. Nobody rotated over for the Warriors either. So I, that makes me think they probably weren't in a conventional pick and roll defense. And then I think it was Draymond Green who actually had the mental error there. Um, because Looney was in position to just take Paul on the switch. I mean, they'd been switching all game. So I think that probably was a mental error by Green. Well, why I think it might have been Green is because Looney didn't switch or do like a hedge and recover. He just was there. Like he, I yeah. think he assumed Paul was his man from that point on. Right. And, you know, that, that would be a, like his movements acted exactly like it was a switch. Yeah. And maybe the thought too was, well, like this wasn't oh, a real also, screen. Also, Draymond got caught on the screen. Right, right, yeah. He got caught on the screen by Gordon. Right, so yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like maybe if the thought is, well, this wasn't a real screen, we there wasn't contact. But there was contact. So at that point, you should be doing the switch in theory. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was de- to just give up a wide open three like that. I mean, and, and just so impressive for Paul and Gordon to take advantage of that the one time that they didn't just switch it. It'd be so easy. And I, I, Trevor Reza did a great job of this too, of like even when – like Paul like even missed him a couple times like he was actually like rolling hard to the rim on every one of those switches like it it was uh or at least trying to uh, even though he was never getting the ball like it it was impressive that they just still went through the motions of trying to play you know good pick and roll play even when it was just getting switched but yeah that three was enormous Houston was back up five there um and then was another big play 94 89 with just over two minutes remaining the Rockets, it looked like Gordon was on Looney and just somehow lost him. And Curry made the right read. He threw it to Looney and Looney would have had a two-on-one on the baseline. But the pass is a little high. Looney still couldn't catch it well. And then P.J. Tucker in the two-on-one situation did a great job coming over, spooked Looney, and Looney either got stripped or lost out of bounds, but it ended up being Rockets' ball. You know, if, if Looney can get just a quick touch pass to Draymond there, uh it's going to be a bucket for the Warriors it was the right pass from Curry maybe a little bit high but uh Looney just you know fumbled it out of bounds yeah I actually thought on that play Curry picked up his dribble a little bit early he might have just seen the pass coming and there was just there was a little gap but he just was trying to get the ball there but yeah I I, it was it was the right pass the pass was there it was just a little bit high yeah you mentioned picking up the dribble and, and in weird spots when well when the Rockets are like denying as far on the floor as they are like just one bad time picking up your dribble can just kill a possession, right? I mean, you're you're wasting. And it happened. Yeah, yeah. You're... On Clay Clay Thompson picked up his dribble with like nine seconds left, and there was nobody around. And then that's what led to it was earlier in the fourth quarter that Durant like really rushed three over Trevor Ariza. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Paul then got Steph Curry on a switch, and and they were fine to switch it onto him, and then. Looney ended up switched on to Paul after that. Draymond Green was on Harden, helped off of Harden, or it was just kind of gapping off of Harden, and Paul threw a great pass. And Harden just, I think because it was like, whoa, this is a spot-up three? What the hell is this? Just missed a three that was pretty open. So that was a, a good possession for the Rockets. KD got the rebound it and pushed it, and Gordon, I thought, committed a foul. That wasn't really a great idea. I mean, KD was in transition, but he, it looked like he wasn't really headed towards anything that good. And or at least would have been a tough shot. So they're in the bonus. Gordon commits the foul, two free throws. So it's 94-91 with a minute 40 left. And this is when they started actually trying to have Clay get over the screen uh, on Harden. And they also started switching, pre-switching to have Draymond switch onto the guy that Curry was on who was coming to set the screen. So they do that once. And then Curry correctly tells Draymond Green now you go get Eric Gordon he's the closest guy who's about to go screen again for Harden Green doesn't realize that he doesn't see I mean Curry's clearly pointing Green doesn't see it too early quickly enough Harden great pass finds it immediately I mean he's just so attuned to making the pass when it is actually there and then Gordon just airballed a a wide open three Uh, that that could have just been a killer play there too then on the next trip down the Warriors are still behind by three points with 
I think it was like 120 or so left. And Curry tried to go at Harden, didn't really get anything. Again, was moving kind of away from the center of the floor. Ends up getting the ball to Clay Thompson, but Thompson didn't have his feet right. He wasn't really in position for the three. He takes it anyway and misses. But then this was the second time in this fourth quarter where a player missed a shot and Draymond Green got fouled on the offensive rebound. And, oh no, sorry, that was not the one. That yeah. one, he just got a really nice offensive rebound. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, over, he got the over offensive Tucker. rebound. And I thought that was actually a good shot from clay i mean clay. he wasn't exactly in it's, rhythm it's it's tough but he's yeah. made that shot before yeah i mean he was he did a nice job of cutting away after curry it was more good isolation defense by harden on curry made him pick up his dribble i thought that curry was trying a little like he had the opening to drive past harden but uh much like when he wasn't able to beat kevin love in the end of game seven in 2016 he was really focused on the three with them down three and i thought he didn't take what the defense was giving him as far as driving to the rim uh and there was still plenty of time left there's over a minute remaining and then clay missed that speaking, shot, yeah. speaking of not taking what the defense is giving you down three draymond gets the offensive rebound kicks it out to steph curry and he just forces up a three when they had a full shot clock to work with and he and harden had a beautiful closeout could have been a flyby without too much trouble yeah i mean steph really rushed it quickly i mean and again and a shot that he's made before but like you know pump fake sidestep you're wide open in that situation i think he just be another artifact i would say of just the amount of pressure that houston put on them. i mean he just assumed because that there just wasn't going to be an opening and he was going to have to like oh my god i finally got a shot i mean i better get this shit off quick instead of just one quick fake and, and you're wide open um and certainly the warriors have been taken out of that kind of calm precision that can often characterize their offense so then Chris Paul got blocked by Kevon Looney on the other end. And Tucker, while his his offensive rebound and attempt didn't draw iron and force a shot clock violation, he did at least succeed in getting the rebound and keeping the Warriors out of transition. So 42.1 left. They call timeout. Livingston finally comes in for offense. I, uh, you know, the, just to take Looney out. And I was kind of wondering then why, like, so, so, Sorry, the, down the other end. Oh, I yeah, think you're. Right. I think you're jumping in a second. Yeah, I am because we can get into this. Yeah, no, no, yeah, we we can talk in a second. But so the good, good timeout. First timeout under two minutes by Curry to try and get the two for one. Ariza tries to deny Curry on the inbounds. Curry does get the catch, but way up by half court, and he's able to go right by under the rim. But uh, Harden rotated over just enough and looked like he might try for a charge, and that distracted Curry, and he missed the layup. But Draymond Green had inside position and got fouled. It was a good call on Chris Paul, but he only hit one out of two free throws, so 37.7 remaining as of that point. And then I was like, why would, if you really thought that Kevon Looney was the best option this whole time instead of Livingston, why are you now leaving Livingston on the floor instead of Looney on, on a defense-only possession? I mean, not a defense-only possession, but a defensive possession most likely a, a defensive first position yeah. well no because if, if i mean if you don't get the stop they probably would have called a timeout so yeah so i really didn't understand that at all uh houston comes down and again clay does a really nice job of getting over the screen then curry switched on a hard and late and and i think they're okay with curry switching on with you know five on the shot clock because there's just not enough time to really get something that juicy and he forced a tough step back three from harden green draymond green had an unbelievable box out on pj tucker gordon kind of went for the offensive rebound from the corner and a if he had kept going for it he probably would have gotten it uh because green was engaged with tucker but he just like pulled up and he was like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't do this because I need to get back on defense. So they outlet it to KD. And then this play was just so rough from Golden State's standpoint. Uh, Durant pushed it. They did a nice job of loading to him enough that he couldn't just go all the way to the rim. They're only down two here, of course. So the, a two could have tied it. And Clay was running along the baseline from right to left as KD kind of went to his left. And he was open. But he was like, he was actually like out of bounds. I think when the bounce pass went to him and KD said afterwards, yeah, I wish I would have waited until he'd set his feet because probably Clay would have just gotten to the corner and just been open and, and able to shoot it. But instead he had to kind of set his feet. Ariza did a really great job closing him down. And so he was kind of trapped in the corner. At that point, Draymond Green is up top. He signals for a timeout, but there is no reason that any referee would be looking at him at that time. And he, like you, you can clearly see on the film, he calls a timeout, but he's got to run over to the ref that's to his left and get in his line of vision and make the call. And then Steve Kerr, you know, he didn't really have much of an answer. He's like, oh, you know, it would have been nice to call a timeout or like, you know, but he didn't say I called timeout and the ref didn't hear me. And if you're Steve Kerr, like, you know, their bench is down on the other end. You have to 
basically if your plan is hey i want them to go and transition and see if they can get something which is a great plan you should do that and we saw brad stevens obviously do that as well you need to i don't care about the coach's box you need to run alongside the referee and be right next to him in his ear so that if you are in that situation you can call the timeout immediately when it needs to be called you'd be be over half court uh they're not going to call a technical on you uh, right there and you know we've seen coaches do that before like be way out on the floor and call timeout in that situation uh and so Kerr didn't do that and no one was there to get a timeout uh now well i want to mention one other thing granted this is not exactly his forte but once clay realized he was yes. in trouble he yeah. should have called the timeout yeah, maybe because maybe the guy who was like totally the fucked only, in the corner could he's have called the timeout. only guy he's the only guy who you know that if he's signaling for a timeout they're going to give it to him because everybody's looking at clay thompson yeah and he has the ball with like six seconds left nothing absolutely nothing is happening and so he just throws up this really well contested deep two that has very little chance well and misses. L- let me let me push back on that a little bit something was happening steph curry who was over there set a beautiful screen for kevin durant kevin durant is four feet away from clay thompson and it could have had a wide open three if thompson had just seen him and instead he was just focused on trying to dribble and he picked up his dribble and just had nothing uh, on Ariza. so i mean thompson just you know with his limitations he's made strides as a passer but number one not calling the timeout number two uh not seeing kevin durant wide open kd i mean you'll see on the film kd who like had his hands like oh fuck please throw him the ball and he just didn't and then the last part that i thought was an error too is how is every player on the court especially draymond green not uh, who is not involved at all he was just standing up top how is he not sprinting to the offensive glass to try to get a tip in at that point like what do you there's there's five seconds left in the game there's nothing else to be doing other than that you don't have to worry about transition i thought the warriors were very lucky to get a foul by Sean Livingston, who did not appear to be intentionally fouling Chris Paul, who had a great box out, by the way, on Sean Livingston under the rim. He was the only guy who was down there for Houston, uh, and Livingston could have easily gotten a tip in if Paul hadn't boxed him out so well. Uh, but they gave Livingston a foul, and I thought they almost they gave him a little bit too much time in the clock at 0.5 as well. So Paul got free throws down at the other end. Yeah, and then Chris Paul gets the free throws. He misses the first, and then we get the... A version, not not as clear a variant, but a variant of the Nate Duncan special in terms of a, a, a situation where it makes complete sense to miss a free throw as long as you can miss it in touch rim. Because obviously you miss it and don't touch rim, then yeah. that's way, yeah, way That's worse. why D'Antoni said we they didn't actually intentionally miss the free throw at the end because he was worried about a violation. And then you can advance the ball and it's only a two-point game. You could either lose it or they could get something at the rim. But, or and, a tip in and, or whatever. And given how bad NBA players actually are, at intentionally missing free throws and hitting the rim as well i think that's actually totally justifiable now you should be able to intentionally miss a free throw all you do is you treat it like golf and you just aim like half a ball to the left and shoot your normal shot it's pretty damn easy to hit the rim that way uh but you know that's not something that nba teams ever practice they're too cool to practice something like that uh and you know it would only take like three minutes of practice to ever to do it but so i understand why you didn't do that i mean that could but as long as he hits the rim it just it, you know for sure that it ends the game and then uh it was pretty hilarious that golden state fans be, and partially in their defense the pa announcer said that that's you know game over final score blah blah um so like you know a bunch of the arena had filed out and they actually golden state could advance the ball maybe maybe uh steve kerr and clay thompson were saving their time out for <laughs> so they could uh advance the ball uh to get that 0.5 seconds left but uh they ran a nice play they I thought this was pretty good when they were switching everything was just everyone kind of sprinted different directions and ran past each other, but no screens really set. And Curry got wide open. He had Eric Gordon on him and Gordon just thought there was a switch and didn't follow him. But Curry, I don't think he even got it off. I don't think we all, I don't think he got it off either. Yeah. Um, but you never know on that because it's based on when like someone decides it's not 0.5 seconds. It's 0.5 seconds from when someone decides to hit the button to start the clock. So maybe you know he technically would have gotten it off it didn't see appear to it but you know ended up not being close it was a pretty good look from the uh left corner though i don't want to make this a thing but i do feel like because it, it came into my head as i was working on my other stuff do you happen to remember what happened on the play when harden dunked on draymond uh i believe the whole rest of that play is really interesting in terms of like the the butterfly effect let's see um was that steph curry fouling James Harden, like, kind of out on the floor as he was picking up his dribble. And, bef- and before that, 
it, that was the play when Chris Paul, to me, it looked like he traveled. They didn't call the oh, travel. Oh yeah, that was a he huge. Passes the, yeah, that was a massive. So travel. so you th- think about the think about the way that play works. If they call the travel on Chris Paul, the foul never occurs, and the Harden dunk, which was a huge you know momentum shifter in the game, never happens. I'm not saying that cost the Warriors or anything like that. I just thought about it when I was working on something else. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should bring that up at some point. Yeah, no, uh, that was huge. Uh, so a, a few small notes on this game before we talk about you know where we're at in this series going forward here. Um, Houston, at least early in the game, did come out of timeouts uh, with plays that were actually like designed to beat the switch and get system buckets. Um they ran like their 21 Nash action, which is where Harden starts in the corner and gets a, a handoff from Chris Paul and then goes into a, a, a pick and, and roll with Capella. But that was designed to get Capella rolling to the rim off of the switch against, usually it was Steph Curry. And the first play of the game, they tried it and Capella, I think, just blew the layup or got blocked or something. And then they tried it at the start of the second half as well, which is a, definitely a much better play than you know the kendrick perkins memorial post up for your center (laughs) um steph curry driving to the basket throwing it out to the top and then sprinting out to the corner off a screen usually by clay thompson i don't know if golden state is actually running that as a play yet but that could basically be like the new hammer play right like hammer plays where you have a drive or a post up and then you set a screen on the weak side this could be steph curry just a dummy drive throw it out top and then sprint out to the corner like it seems like every time he does that he he bangs it too um let's see eric gordon man did he blow a number of awesome chances in this game just like wide open threes in the third couple of layups he had a really good look at a floater on curry he airballed that three late but he did have the one at the top of the key and that was uh, that was enough but man he was looking like a real goat uh, on offense for a lot of this game although i did think that he in some respects they might want to give their main guys a rest, especially when Paul is in the game with Gordon. I wouldn't mind actually Gordon getting more of a chance to do the ISO. I think he's actually gotten pretty good looks and he's better at getting to the rim and finishing than Paul is at this point in his career. He certainly is aggressive in getting there. And while the mid-ranger was falling for Chris Paul in this game, this was the first time in the series where that's really been true. So let's talk adjustments here. I mean, is there any way out of this ISO ball? Or is this just going to be what it is? Is Steve Kerr just going to have to be resigned? And if it is ISO ball, what, what can they do to make it more effective? Uh, either, either of these teams. I don't think the Warriors need to necessarily live in isolate ISO ball all the time. One big thing that they need to do more is just off ball movement. I mean, Steph Curry is so dynamic and he forces so many issues when he gets screens and I thought he actually was better most of the game other than that stretch in the third quarter he was better off ball than on ball and he forces different challenges there and if you're going to go iso make damn sure like the Rockets do that you're getting the other team's worst defender on him and because you have that time and it and once you have the matchup you want go early go assertively and the Warriors just it doesn't seem like they prepared for the eventuality of what this series was going to look like. No, I think that they felt like they would be able to get enough with their cutting game and stuff that it, it could still look pretty good. Now, the number one criticism I had too is that, you know, KD was 9 out of 24 in this game and he had to take some awful shots. I thought he actually had a pretty decent passing game. Uh, but he, first of all, like there's no way they should be turning the ball over 16 times, right? Like that's, if anything, if you're going to have that many isolations, you can't have that many turnovers. Um, and, and Draymond having five turnovers, I mean, that's pretty much inexcusable, right? Uh, Livingston had four turnovers, which was, was kind of ugly. Maybe that's why he didn't play as much down the end, although, you know, I, I would rather trust the entire rest of the career of Sean Livingston than the fact that he had four turnovers in this game. They got to get KD the ball in better situations and against better matchups, whether that's Harden. He's got to get the ball in the post more and in the post 17 feet from the basket instead of 21 feet from the basket and you know have the option of getting getting into his spot where he can shoot from 15 feet off a couple of dribbles other than against Harden and actually I you know I think they could stand to go at Tucker a little bit more also because Tucker out on the floor is actually slower than you think he is um but nonetheless I mean I don't think they tried to go at PJ Tucker in one-on-one defense one time this game nonetheless KD trying to go off the dribble against anyone other than Harden is not really an advantage matchup. That's not where the advantage is in this series. But certainly when these guys are isoing up top, they got to do it off the dribble. They got to be at the top of the key and then you need to spread out 
around them so that's another one uh just throwing it into the post more even like to draymond green and doing the split cut action if you're gonna try the beautiful game stuff you know i think what you do is you try to get Draymond draymond guarded in the post by chris paul so if the split cut action doesn't work he can at least try to do something against chris paul um not a great matchup but at least it's something and then you get Steph and kd and clay or or you get kd in the post and you run the split cut action as well and that that can create more issues and they, they need to get just like a few more back doors uh golden state does i mean i don't i don't think there are that many adjustments for houston because number one like they're just they, they pretty much have done everything that they can at this point it's not in their dna to beat switches any other way than just beating your guy um and also you can't really change the rotation anymore i mean they played six guys and then another guy 12 minutes so you're basically pretty much there um anything else that comes to mind for you here i've got a few more but well for the rockets i mean they can't really shift their rotation much i wonder with mbamute if they can try to get him some spot minutes at a certain you know at a certain point just to maybe give pj tucker a little bit more i mean tucker played with great energy the whole time i'm not saying he needed that rest of this game but broadly speaking it would help and for the warriors even if Iguodala is limited and comes back, I mean, a limited Iguodala is basically Sean Livingston. <laughs> so having more minutes for guys they can trust is it would be so huge just because Nick Young didn't deliver. They even tried Quinn Cook for a little bit when Curry was in foul trouble. And Oh, how could we have forgotten about the hack Capella? The oh yeah, that's right, because that, that was in the in the that was the sixteen to six run after Steve Kerr fouled Clint Capella and got him taken out of the game. And remember, we've talked about this a lot. The point of intentionally fouling somebody is to get them out of the game. Like, that's really the the biggest purpose there. You can say it's, oh, it, it can hurt the other team's offense. But especially with somebody like Capella, who hits his free throws at a reasonable clip, it's to get them out of the game. And yeah, I mean, generally speaking in this one, another kind of zigging and zagging for us in these two series where the Rockets were better in this game without Capella on the floor. Yeah, when when he was struggling to finish, it, it became a little bit more difficult for him. Um Although their defensive rebounding was nowhere near as good when he was off the floor, I, I felt. So, yeah, we'll see if Andre's able to play. I mean, that's going to be enormous, obviously. But he he's certainly having another guy out there who knows how to play and also can pass, I, I think, is big to avoid turnovers, to get out and transition, grab and go. So uh, all that, I think, is, is important. A guy who can set screens, roll to the room, like understands just like how to beat the, some of the switching is important. Uh, I think that... In particular, Golden State, but both teams could do a better job of just driving to pass where, okay, Seth Curry, you know what? I realize that you have James Harden on you and he's taking away the three, but you can get by James Harden and just get into the lane and be under control and force help. You know, you don't have to go a million miles an hour and get all the way to the rim and get a layup on those plays, right? Like you can get into the paint and try to find someone Um or even you know someone like Green, I thought could could do a little bit more off the dribble too with some of those fake DHOs or off a closeout. But KD as well, though he's he's big enough that like you probably want him shooting that most of the time. But I think Curry in particular, he can get into the lane against, especially if it's Harden guarding him. But it's not as fatiguing if you don't have to go all the way there and worry about getting your shot blocked. Just get in there, make another guy guard you, and then throw a pass and like put him into rotation. You know, like that's getting them into rotation, just breaking the paint kicking it out forcing houston to make a closeout which they just have not had to do in this series i think would be huge um i thought houston did a better job of running first half in particular uh that they you know harden got a couple of steals in the first half out by midcourt and they ran on 44 percent of their uh misses or golden state misses in the first half and were very efficient doing that so that that was a big part of it. they didn't get that as much in the second half obviously um I think that's about all, I, all I've got. You know, I still would like to see a little more Jordan Bell. You know, I thought he played well. It's just, it, it's tough when, you know, he's going to make mistakes and Curry has to kind of live with that. But, you know, he also had two uh, offensive rebounds. He had a steal. He had a block. He just, uh, he adds more pace and more energy to this team than Looney, who's just like main. He had a, a couple of nice plays in those offensive rebounds, but mainly he's, you know, he's a really bad transition player. They're much slower when he's out there. And, uh, I also thought Bell looked like he was in much better shape in this game. He did it he, after the first game. So I'd like to see a little more Bell. I mean, he played 18 minutes. Uh, we'll see. You know, Kerr is go- definitely going to be searching, uh, especially if Iguodala can't play. Yeah, he will be. And we'll have to see if there are any lingering effects of Clay Thompson's knee. They called it a knee strain. Uh, yeah. I didn't see him getting any treatment in the locker room after the game, but I, I got in there after the coaches spoke. So maybe he did before then. 
but he definitely was kind of limping around I, i'm uh you know i'm not optimistic that he's going to be 100 percent the rest of the series yeah and, that, and that's another huge part with or without iguodala just because thompson it's more in in terms of recovery and you know if, if the rockets grind down to possession because they're not trying to go after him that's not what they want to do they want to go after other guys but just having fewer attackable options is extremely important for the warriors and he's one of only three guys on on golden state that can actually hit a three yeah and the the lack of shooting the th- well nick young can but uh you know he can't do anything else uh, he all nick young also by the way really kills them offensively because he just never yep. knows where to go he, oh he just gets in the way he, it's it's really he, like he ran into kevin durant on one play yeah. like durant had the ball and nick young ran into him um chris paul by the way you know after he had this great i'm very happy for him that he was able to play well uh and show his greatness uh, for at least one game in this series you know he he according to mike d'antoni said hey you know what i got my foot right with the treatment and you know i i feel much better you know, we didn't i don't think we even understood that it was a foot injury up until now and then he was asked about it uh, after the game and it was like, yeah, you know, I think we got it as good as it's going to get. And then James Harden, like, cut him off and was like, no, he's fine, he's fine. Uh, I don't know why guys, like, insist on, on that kind of stuff. But so that, that'll that be something to watch, too, is, you know, can Paul continue to play at this level? I mean, Harden and Paul combined for 57 of their 95 points uh, and 8 of their 12 assists. I mean, the assist percentage in this game, let's see, there's 26 assists and there were 65 made field goals in this game. So that's basically, you know, what, 40% of buckets were assisted? I mean, that's just like, that's incredibly low. Like, it's really remarkable just how much ISO is being forced in this series. And and Houston, to their credit, like, they're making Golden State play their style. And I think Golden State could still be better than them at their style, but they're going to have to commit to it here. Uh, and then just hope that maybe you can get 10 or 20 points a game, 14 points a game on, like, system stuff out of timeouts and, and stuff like that. And theoretically scoring more in transition than they did. The yeah. Warriors were not able to, they were not particularly effective there. Yeah, other than just for a brief flurry in that what looked like it was going to be a magical third quarter for them. Yeah. So where are we right now? Uh, who's who's going to win this series? 2-2, but you know, you, normally Houston would be in a dominant position, but this is a great Warriors team, obviously. If I knew Thompson and Iguodala were going to be healthy... I would be even more confident in the Warriors just because I thought this was a superlative effort by the Rockets, especially, I mean, offensively, they had that second quarter where Harden and Paul were just incandescent, but defensively throughout the entire game, you know, I thought they did a really nice job. Even when they weren't scoring at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I thought defensively they were doing fine. You know, other than that third quarter run, I thought Houston did a beautiful job. And both teams missed a bunch of shots that you would expect them to make. I think some of that is the fatigue of this series. So... With that said, what we learned from this game is that the Warriors need close to their full complement. But remember that their full complement also means guys not getting in foul trouble. So I think they'll be better on that end. So I I would slightly favor the Warriors the rest of the way in the series because I think it's more likely that they win another game on Houston's home floor than that Houston wins game six at Oracle. But it's an incredibly close call, and there is an, a there is a positive case for the Rockets to win this series easily. And you could just show show people this game and say, "Hey, this is what this is how they can bounce back. This is how they can defend, and they can score enough to win." Yeah, I mean, I think it's right about fifty fifty right now. I I really do, and and maybe you know Iguodala, no idea where he's at health wise. Suppose he was first, he was listed as doubtful yesterday, just a complete surprise, and then with that left lateral knee contusion so this is actually the point of impact is on the left side uh, of his knee but a little bit below so i you know it's i don't think it's something where it must just be just like so bruised up and swollen so you would hope that that's something that can reduce in the next couple of days and and then he'll be able to play plane flight certainly is not going to help with that um maybe they need to just put him on like an all-night bus ride (laughs) to houston uh but so yeah, that, that's huge. Thompson, uh, you know, Steph Curry is still not entirely himself. I think just you know from a conditioning standpoint. But Houston, you know, with Mbamute barely playing, we'll have to see where KD is at uh, conditioning wise now. So I don't know that the uh, and everyone played a ton of minutes. So I don't know that the fatigue factor really favors one team over another. I think the injury situation well, slightly favors what the question is if we're going to see James Harden get fatigued. Because that is the one, well, he did the one at the guy. At the end of this game, for sure. I mean, that's... At, at the end of this game, and and the cumulative now that it's every other day, 
you know, the whole rest of this, I could, I think that's a little bit of a tire of a, of a fatigue related tiebreaker because he's so important to Houston's offense. But again, that's not why I'm picking the Warriors at all. I mean, he Harden could play really well in these three games, but it is in the back of my mind. And James Harden only had six points in the second half, but he played, uh, we've been very critical of his effort at very many times. Game one, he was horrible. He played, I believe, as well as it is within him to play defensively in this game, especially in the second half. Um, three steals, two blocks, some of those closeouts, some of those isolation defense plays that we talked about in the last three minutes. Um, really, really good stuff from him. So 43 minutes with his offensive load. He was lucky that Paul was able to get back into the action and score this way. I don't think that Chris Paul is going to be able to have quite this type of a game again. Five of nine from three, very difficult shots. I think it, certainly the foot was an issue for him, but I also don't think that he's set up that well to succeed in this series. Um, he's going to have to make very difficult shots to, to do so. So yeah, I, I, I mean, but certainly some of these role guys for Houston can play a little bit better and Golden State is very concerned with shutting those guys down. I mean, Tucker had that one game too. I mean, he's basically, I don't think he's made he made maybe like two field goals outside of game two in this series. Ariza only got four shot attempts in 41 minutes. So uh, Gordon is really the only other guy who was even cl- who he, Gordon is the only other guy on the team who had more than five shot attempts in this game. That's uh, that's pretty remarkable. I, I really don't know where to turn. I think it's just going to turn on health and fatigue and I mean, Golden State threw everything they had into this one and they could not get this game. And so that is really quite the reset i think golden state's still a little bit better of a team but like this series is just going to be a war and a war of attrition and houston does have the home court even if i do like golden state's chances to win in houston more than i like houston's chances to win at golden state so uh, i'm i mean it's a straight up toss-up to me if i have to pick a winner i guess i would pick golden state but like it wouldn't even i wouldn't even be remotely surprised if houston wins at this point yeah uh, that that's pretty much where i am at this point all right, well, that's... Uh, oh, can I yeah. promote a couple things? So I had two yeah. off-season previews come out today. The Miami Heat came out, and then I'm trying to remember the other one. I think it was the Pelicans. The Pelicans one came out. Those are both at The Athletic. At some point, when most people listen to this, my possession-by-possession possession of the fourth quarter will be up as well with a ton of video. I, I put in video of every single shot. And then my podcast with Sam Vecino, probably, that'll probably be more something to promote on tomorrow's podcast, but we recorded it for Real Jam Radio on tuesday so it, it could come out depending on when i when i wake up after still finishing everything else so we'll see yeah all right well this is uh this is a, a great i mean we went over an hour on just this one game i really enjoyed it this was what we were hoping for in this series and uh let's see if we can get three more games like this we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow night Till then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.